Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I'm your host, Surreal Gerald Quinn, uh, coming to you on uh, election night. Uh, can you imagine this time next year? We <laughs> what that's going to look like? I just thought about that. It's 2023, of course, 2024. That's going to be, yeah. Another conversation for another day. We'll have an entire year to discuss that shit. Uh, but I'm happy to be with you on this Tuesday evening, uh, episode 929 of the Real Deal Podcast. Of course, we're going to look back at week number nine of the NFL season. We are basically, basically officially at halftime of the NFL season. And a lot of themes, uh, of course, the title of this episode is going to be, hey, we need a quarterback. And a number of teams uh, this uh, week that would love to have, forget about the Mahomeses and Lamar Jackson, they would love to have a Kirk Cousins <laughs> or somebody of, of that ilk, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, the way this quarterback uh, market uh, is looking in the NFL, um, just just not a lot there. It's just not. It is, it is the have and the absolute have-nots. Um, and that middle class, as far as the quarterback goes, you know, you complain about Dak Prescott all you want. Again, a lot of teams would take a Dak Prescott right now. A lot. Trust me. <laughs> so uh, we'll talk about that. But we begin with, again, themes, NFL Week 9, halftime. We will discuss what the NFL season could be looking like uh, moving forward uh, when we go into uh, uh, Week 10. Uh, but we're going to begin uh, with all the thoughts uh, Buffalo Falls to Cincinnati, uh, 24-18, in a game that, frankly, was not as close uh, as the score uh, indicated would show. You never got the sense that Kansas City was not going to win this game. They were up you know, 21-10 at one point. Um, really controlled this game from the start. Uh, they you know, pushed the Bills around the field physically. Uh, Bills out again. It, here's the bottom line about the Bills. Um, again, Cincinnati. We know who Cincinnati is. Now they have back back wins over the 49ers and the Bills, and they are playing as well as any team in the league. So we know what Cincinnati is all about. They're going to be there, right? Um, you know, they're going to excuse me. They're going to be there in January. Maybe I'm late to the party when it comes to the Buffalo Bills, and maybe I've given them too much respect. Uh, considering how many games they've won over the last three or four regular seasons. They've been in a conference championship. They've been in the playoffs year in and year out. They have excellent players, well coached. But right now, as you look at the Buffalo Bills, and I have it here, they're just a cut. They're just not on that top tier of NFL contenders. They're cut below right now. They are a upper echelon, middle of the pack team, right? So, it, like, they're not. You know, they're not the commanders. They're not, they're better than, say, a team, you know, they're better than probably a Pittsburgh, even a team like that, something to that ilk. But they're not, they're just not what they have been in the last couple of years as a legit Super Bowl contender, as a team that you think that, that you think, you know, this team could possibly win the Super Bowl. Now, early in the season, a couple of weeks ago, yes, they looked, especially after the Miami game, they uh, look like a team that could compete and play with anybody. But right now, and part of it is injuries, and part of it, again, to me, and, I've, and I'll keep harping on this, is just they just have a 
no identity from an offensive standpoint, and they have philosophical issues within that franchise. And I, again, I don't need to beat that horse again. Uh, it is what it is. I, I don't think McDermott will be the coach next year myself. Um, but that's another story for the for the off season. But right now, they are they're going to be fighting for their playoff lives uh, without question. And they definitely could miss the playoffs. Um, they just don't look when you look at San Francisco. When you, I mean, when you look at even San Francisco, when you look at San, uh, Philadelphia, Kansas City, uh, Cincinnati, San Francisco, Baltimore, those teams, the Bills just are not there right now. They're just not. And I don't see, again, I, I don't see where this gets better. Maybe they can scratch out enough wins to make the playoffs. Again, very hard not to make the playoffs in the NFL in 2023 with the with the extra team, the extra round. So, you know, you got to be bad not to make it. They, But, again, the, the schedule is brutal. The schedule is brutal. And it's, it's going to be – it's going to be – Difficult for them for them to um to make the playoffs because the AFC listen the look at that AFC standings I mean you have I'll pull up the standings now uh there are right now if the season ended Buffalo would be out the playoffs like Cincinnati would barely be in okay they would be Cincinnati would be the seventh spot because of that slow start they got off to they got off to like the one and three start. So the, the the AFC is deep. I mean, you got you have three teams that have only two losses. Okay, you have you know one, two, three, four, five teams who are who have one who are at least two games above five hundred. Excuse me, uh, four teams. My bad. My apologize. Four teams that are at least above two games above five hundred, and then you know Houston is lurking. At four and four, the Chargers are lurking at four and four. You know, Jets are still in the mix. You know, I don't have I don't have any faith in the Jets, but there's just a lot of quality teams uh, in the AFC right now. And you know, Buffalo is just kind of like, eh, you know, they they they, they look again. They look like a team. They look like a franchise that needs. Um, just a a re, not rebuilding. You got Josh Allen, but just re, they need to reload. They need to reset, uh, the table as far as what direction their franchise is actually going in. That's what they look. That's what they look like right now as a franchise. They kind of look like they just don't. Uh, again, everybody has injuries. Everybody has injuries, but they again they to me and I've said this. And I'll continue to say this. They to me their issues are as much internal as they are on the field. And uh I again I don't see it improving. Uh, like I don't see this thing getting better. I think this is who they are. Um I think they're headed towards a ten and seven, nine and eight type deal. I can't see them winning eleven games. Like I don't I don't I don't know where with their five and four, like I don't know where six more wins are coming from. Like I, I don't see six wins. That they, like I said, if they if they're ten and seven, they've done a hell. They have done a hell of a job. Uh, they look like a nine and eighteen, right? Especially with their schedule. That's the that again. That might be good enough to get them in the playoffs. Who knows? We don't. You know, a lot of these teams are going to start knocking each other off 
especially when you get really into uh more of a divisional play. Um, but right now this team, like I said, they are not they're not a contender. They're just not. And it's gotten to a point to where, you know, the defense can no longer cover up for the offense. Because even defensively they've started to fall off. They've they've fallen off a bit. They're not what they once were defensively over the past couple of years when they were a legit top two, top three defense. They're just not. They, you know, they right now are playing like a middle of the pack defense. You can move the ball in Buffalo. They still have some effective pass rushers at times, but you can run the ball on them. You can, I mean, Joe Burrow threw the ball all over the place. So it's not this shutdown, lockdown defense that can that could make up for an inconsistent offense. Uh, it'll be again. I'm kind of getting a little ahead of ourselves here, but this, it'll be a very interesting offseason in Buffalo. Very, with where with the direct with the direction of that franchise or in terms of where it's going. But uh, right now they they're gonna, they're going to be fighting. Just uh, they're going to be fighting for their playoff lives. Like they, um, I think their season probably will come down to. I think I I. I'd be, to be honest with you, I think they're probably going to have to win that division to make the playoffs. I don't think two teams are coming out the AFC East. Um, I think that's going to come down to them or Miami uh, as far as their uh, playoff berth. Games to note, uh, of course, you had the game in Frankfurt in Germany. Again, I you know I understand you have to go like Danville for most of the product world, right? world all over the world, but I, I don't like this type of game against with this magnitude of the game to be overseas. Like I, I just myself, I just don't like it. This game, I mean, put this on a Monday night. I mean, these Monday night games or put this on hell, put, I don't this could have been uh this could have been the Sunday uh, not the Sunday night game, but yeah, put this on a Monday night. <laughs> Send San Diego to Jets for it to uh, Frankfurt or whatever. Send somebody else. I don't I didn't really like this particular game to be in Germany, but whatever. Uh Kansas City Gets by Miami 21-14. The same story for Miami. They go up against a quality opponent, and they look average to mediocre. Uh, their three losses, they've been held to 20-17-14. Under 300 yards uh, in this particular game. Um, you know, we, we've stated what Miami is not. They're, they're, again, similar to Buffalo, they're just not a contender. They probably, you know, they'll probably be in the playoffs. Just strictly, just based off that offense alone, uh, and they're not going to be playing a top team every week. Um, but I've just, I've, it's been a long time since I've seen this type of discrepancy of a team when they when they face upper echelon competition. It's, I mean, this is you just, I mean, you don't see this big a differential. Like they look against average to mediocre competition, they look all world from an offensive standpoint. Like they look like is record setting. They look like the the greatest offense, one of the greatest offenses ever. They run into uh, you know, some teams that actually can play defense and they just it, it's it's a, it's a really remarkable the stark difference in terms of uh of, of output and yardage and all that stuff that is that that you see in these games with Miami. It really is. I I, I like I don't. It's hard to explain. I mean, obviously the the, the competition, the teams that they lost to have been our playoff teams. I mean, 
or have been playoff teams, you know, Kansas City, Buffalo, and uh, Philadelphia. Two of them have, were in the Super Bowl last year. I, I get that those teams are, are high-quality, high-level teams, but even in one of those games, you would figure that they would be able to explode for, you know, 25 to 30 points or just one of those games and have a game where they just put up a bunch of yardage. But that has not been the case whatsoever with uh, Miami. Kansas City didn't even play well. Like Mahomes was okay in that game. They ran the ball okay. Like Kansas City basically beat them with their B minus C, C plus game. Like Kansas City, like Kansas City won. It was winning ugly. Um, you know, you fall down 21 nothing. Uh, again, it's been the same pattern with Miami. You know, get down, make this fake comeback, and then, you know, fall short. Like, it, they did that against Philadelphia, down 17-3, closed the, uh, tied the game at 17, then Philadelphia just says, eh, enough of this, and, and wins going away. Buffalo game, you know, started out interesting, but then, you know, second half, it was a runaway. Uh, this, game, this game was similar to the Philadelphia game. You know, you fall behind, uh, you play catch up, you get into within seven, and then uh, you know, not able to course on that on the they did actually have the ball, but bad snap and Kansas City was able uh, to survive. Not a very well played game. Losing team was I mean, obviously Miami didn't play well, but even even in the victory, um Kansas City uh didn't look great. And again, I'm I'm gonna always give Kansas City the benefit of the doubt. Like I, I just know, like I know how great that coach is. I know how great that quarterback is. I, my heart tells me that they are not what they were last year or in their previous or in years when they won the Super Bowl. That they're a, a slight notch down, but I, I will never doubt that team, never, because they know how to win big games. And more importantly, they are playing excellent defense. Kansas City is playing very good defense this year. So maybe their defense is good enough to make up for the fact that their offense is not, to, you know, lights out because uh, it hasn't been this year at all. Um, from, so they are, we know they, we, we detail how their receivers have gotten to have had trouble getting open. Uh, and they're not a team that's going, that's going to run the ball down your throat. You, we, listen, we've watched Andy Reid for 20, what, 25 years, 24 years. We, we, he detests running the ball. He runs the ball because – only because you know he'll have to at times. We we understand that Andy Reid does not does not really want to run the uh run the football. But again, they are Kansas City. I'm not again. I will never, never doubt that team uh, as long as those two, uh, as long as they had that coach and that quarterback. A uh, team that looks you know looks like a team that that is playing as well as anybody and could be and and right now is rolling is the Baltimore Ravens. They absolutely annihilate Seattle 37 to 3. Uh this game was as one sided as as you can get. You talked about outgaining a team five fifteen to one fifty one. That's like some division that's like, you know <laughs> uh it's like uh Alabama versus Appalachian State or something like that. It's like, like one of those college football differentials of a team that, you know, just playing to get a paycheck. Playing one of the big boys to get a paycheck. But it was that one sided Listen, we understand Seattle is a solid team. They're not, and they will be competing for that division just based off the fact that you know San Francisco has hit a snag, has you know has hit a rough spot here. But so, you know, we, we Seattle is not is not real. Um, but the bottom line is Baltimore has been 
destroying everybody. They have the best play differential in the NFL. Uh, their their last four wins, they're beating teams by average of twenty points, which is like just doesn't happen in, in the NFL. Um, and frankly, you know, looking at this Baltimore team, uh, this is the best that they've looked uh since they won the Super Bowl in twenty twelve. To be honest with you, um, in terms of my belief in them, I didn't believe them in two thousand nineteen. I'm sorry, I, I was on. They fell to Tennessee in the playoffs. I. But I just didn't. I didn't trust that team. I didn't, like everybody. I I didn't. You know, Lamar Jackson. He, that was his MVP year. He was, but again, they had no had minimal playoff experience. I that team just didn't do it for me. I just didn't didn't trust them. Uh, and it proved to be. It, I I was proven to be right as they went out. Uh, in their first game in the divisional round against Tennessee. This team is different. And this team is a physical team. They uh, defensively have been great all season long. They fixed that for the past couple of years. We know, all right, we've talked about detailed how Lamar Jackson looks like a complete, like a completely different quarterback, and he should be in consideration. I think the MVP race right now, I would have Jalen Hurts one, uh, probably Lamar Jackson two, to be honest with you. Um, Mahomes will be up there, of course, but I, those will be my top two, Hurts and Lamar Jackson in the MVP race, but he looks like a completely different quarterback. Now, again, Baltimore, there are some teams, certain teams that get judged based off just their postseason. Baltimore, Kansas City, of course, Philadelphia. Uh, the Ravens are, 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 are Buffalo. The Ravens are, 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 are in that category as well. It doesn't, Ravens could go 16, 17, and, well, they can go 15 and 2, right? Home field, Lamar MVP, no one's going to take him serious until Lamar goes out there and performs and this offense goes out there and, put, and does it in the postseason. Now, again, this is not the same type of offense they've ran in the past couple of years where they failed in the postseason. This offense is a little bit different. They've made tweaks. And bottom line is Lamar, they still want to run the ball down your throats. They still want to play with a level of sense of physicality. But Lamar Jackson is a completely different player. But he's going to have to, of course, show that in the, play, in the postseason. And I like the way your defense is playing. It's hard pressed for me to think that this team is not in at minimal in the AFC Championship. Now again, you know, I could you know end up being dead wrong because maybe they run into Seattle. Excuse me, maybe they run into Cincinnati in the divisional round. Which and that you know Cincinnati, we know what Cincinnati is. But I like I I think this team will be in the AFC Championship myself. And they are, and we'll talk about it later on. They are amongst the teams that can absolutely go to and win the Super Bowl. Like I said, they they look tremendous right now. They're beating quality teams. They're not making some of the dumb mistakes that they've made in the last couple of years with play calling. They they you know they look like they have an identity. And more importantly, again, they have that defense has been fixed. They've completely fixed that defense. And last year, their defense couldn't stop anybody. In a big spot, it just couldn't. You didn't trust their defense at all. Everybody talked about Lamar Jackson, this Lamar Jackson, that. Like, no, their defense is just not there right now. That's not a raving. That is not a vintage raving uh, defense, and they won't. They won't go anywhere with that defense. And they have completely, like I said, they are playing lights out defense right now, and have of course one of the best home fields. You know, when they're playing, when they're right, have one of the best home fields in the uh, in the league. And they returned to that. And again, 
you can you can just look at how they're playing, look at what they're doing to these teams. The NFL, you don't see too many two score games in the NFL. Most of most of these games in the NFL are close down to the wild fourth quarter games. Not with the Ravens. Like the Ravens have spanked, you know, Cleveland, Detroit, destroyed Detroit, and now Seattle. Uh, which makes the Cincinnati which makes, you know, Cincinnati look that much more dangerous because they caught they barely got by Cincinnati. Uh, and they caught Cincinnati at a at a good time with with Cincinnati with, with Burrow was was not healthy. So that lets you know how good Cincinnati is. The fact that they were able to, to, to you know really push Baltimore to the limit, and I think that again that division will come down to that Cincinnati Baltimore game uh, in December, uh, late December. I think that division will come down to that, and I think both of, both of those teams are going to the playoffs. The question is in the AFC North. Where they get will three make it to the playoffs. I think Baltimore and Cincinnati are going to the playoffs. There's no question in my mind if they still both both those quarterbacks stay healthy that those two teams will be in the playoffs. But right now, Baltimore playing as well as any team uh, in the sport. Game of the week, uh, even though it had featured twenty penalties, it still was a very good game. Uh, we have been let down by some of these games uh, that got that were hyped up. Uh, with you know Miami and San Francisco, Dallas earlier on earlier this season with Miami, Philadelphia, but this one actually kind of lived up to the billing as far as uh, entertainment and going down to the wire. Uh, Philadelphia was able to get by Dallas twenty eight twenty three, despite the fact that Dak Prescott played probably that no without question played his best game of the season, probably one of his best games in a couple of years. To be honest with you, he frankly outplayed Jalen Hurts. Uh, he's 29 for 44 for 374 with three touchdowns. But here we go with the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys actually, I thought, outplayed Philadelphia on the field. Like physically, I thought they outplayed Philadelphia. They, they held the running game in check. thought they did a relatively good job on Hurts. Uh, they outgained uh, Philadelphia in this game. I, I, I really thought that, you know, the pass rush started getting the Hurts a little bit. Um, but here's the problem, despite the fact that they fell behind 2017. But here's the problem with Dallas. Situational football and just stupidity. Um, here's their last few, uh, not possessions. Here's their last few plays, the last four or five plays. False start, sack, incomplete pass, penalty, Hail, a Hail Mary that did not reach the end zone despite the fact that they were at the Philadelphia 27-yard line. They were gift-wrapped this game at the end by Philadelphia. Philadelphia played some of the dumbest football as far as penalties that you can ever play. Dallas was on it. Like, they, Dallas had no timeouts and had the ball at the Philadelphia, excuse me, at the, they don't start at the, uh, the last drive at their own 14-yard line and were able, within a blink of an eye they on Philadelphia side of the field. It had had multiple plays to go out there and possibly win the game, but again, Dallas just can't. They can't get out of their own way. Like they, like we'll come up with our Super Bowl list. They're not on it as a team that can win the Super Bowl. And the thing that would piss you off, piss me off, our Dallas fan. I think Dallas, from a talent, talents that could play, could play with and beat anybody. Like I, I really, I really do. I don't. I think they have excellent talent, <laughs> but they just find a way to do dumb shit. 
And again, it is and they they are they are the polar opposite, the one eighty of what the New England Patriots used to be. In terms of the Patriots not beating themselves, allowing you to make mistakes to uh that will that will beat you in terms of allowing you to make mistakes that will give them the game. The, the Dallas Cowboys are the polar opposite of that. They they're going to find a way to do something. I mean, even, again, this wasn't a game to knock Dax out, but you got to know where you are on the field on that last, on that two-point conversion that would have cut the lead to, a, you know, within a field goal. So you get that, you're driving, you kick a field goal, the tie the game, go send it to overtime. It's 28-25 instead of 28-23. I mean, it's a little stuff. It's the little things that accumulate and we'll have you out the first round of the playoffs, or we'll have you, you know, sitting at home in, in general. Now that won't be—I don't think that would be the case with Dallas. I think Dallas probably will be a playoff team. Uh, they're not that many quality teams in the AFC, as is uh, similar. They're not that many quality teams in the, in the AFC, as is the case in the AFC. But I can't take this team serious as a Super Bowl contender with just as many mental mistakes that they make, uh, especially in these big games. They're not they're, uh, these big games. The room for error is small. Uh, you're playing a team that's just as good, if not better than you. You just can't, you know, you can't have these just play calling such a bad situational football. Now, both again, both teams made a lot of mistakes as far as penalties. I mean, this game, you know, they both got ten. They both got ten penalties. This was you know twenty penalties in this game altogether. And again, I don't think Philadelphia played. Philadelphia didn't play anywhere near this A game. And Philadelphia, Philadelphia probably played this B minus, similar to Kansas City. Maybe they probably played that B minus game in that game, or B. Considering it's a, you know, I'll give the fact, give them, give them, give them the benefit of the doubt that it was a divisional rival where they know you. But Philadelphia didn't play well in this game. They made enough plays. They made enough plays. And didn't have like the critical mistake. So I don't trust Dallas. I never have, never have, uh, since Jerry Jones got rid of Jimmy Johnson, and frankly, never will. Like, I just, they, they are who they are. Uh, now, this look, two and a half games is not insurmountable at this point, but it's going to be pretty, uh, it's going to be a pretty steep climb for Dallas to win the, uh, the division. Uh, being basically two and a half games and one down in terms of the head-to-head. Philadelphia has a uh, the road to the Super Bowl will more than likely go to go to Philadelphia. So this was a big game from that standpoint. Again, you wasted a Dak Dak Prescott performance, but again, Dallas has nobody to blame but uh, themselves on from that standpoint. We won the week. Uh, CJ Stroud. Um, Rookie quarterback who is on his way to having one of the great rookie rookie quarterback seasons of uh, in NFL history, and I'm not that's not hyperbole. Like he, you look at his numbers. Houston is in the hunt to make the playoffs, and that you know this he right now he stands at 14 touchdowns, one interception. Um, this past game against Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay has a a very good defense. It's not Tampa Bay is not. I mean, we know Tampa Bay isn't fun to watch offensively, but defensively they're they're solid. 470 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, like I said, he has been he, – he might as well give him the offensive rookie of the year right now. 
he'll probably end up. I mean, I mean, he probably has a chance, an outside chance, probably to make the Pro Bowl. Uh, enough guys sit out to where he probably would be invited anyway. Um, he again, this was this franchise was dead in the water before they drafted him. This was one of the worst run franchises in the league, easily bottom five, and he basically has single handedly resurrected this franchise and given them some hope. I mean, they have hope at least, uh, as bad as they are run, because that's he's been that great this this season, and uh, I without question he won the week. It's again, it's gonna really be interesting to see if they're capable of even putting nice pieces around them because they are such a miserably run franchise. They are a horrible franchise, but they got it right with him. <laughs> so yeah, I give him I gotta give him credit from that standpoint because he has been absolutely lights out. Um, great performance against Tampa Bay, and it'll be be very it'll be interesting to see if he can get them um, if he can get them to the playoffs. They they're, listen, they're right there in that division. That division, uh, that division. You know, I know Jacksonville. I, Jacksonville is the class of that division. They're up two games on Jackson. They're up two games on uh, Houston. But I meant to say they're right there for a playoff spot. Jacksonville probably Jacksonville more than likely is going to win that division. But they will be right there challenging for a playoff spot. And again, this guy has single handedly uh put that team, uh make that made that team relevant as far as possibly uh making a uh, making the playoffs. So we had a kind of like a round robin uh this week. A lot of big games, you know, you had Miami, Kansas City, uh Philadelphia played Dallas, you know, Cincinnati, Buffalo. So you had a, a bunch of teams that were in action against uh against Perceived contenders or against playoff caliber teams, or Baltimore against Seattle. Um, they're about, I would say, right now, as we look at you know to the crystal ball of of uh, the rest of the season in terms of who can win the Super Bowl right now. I say I think there are five teams, and three of them are in the AFC. I would say Cincinnati, Baltimore, and Kansas, Kansas City, Cincinnati, and Baltimore. Those are your three teams that can win the Super Bowl in the AFC, uh, Philadelphia and San Francisco. And that's the list. So if you hear like eight, nine, ten teams, this is that's a bunch of bullshit. There's not there's not eight, nine teams that can win the Super Bowl. You want to say eight, nine teams that can get to a conference championship? Okay, cool. But in terms of winning the Super Bowl, there's five teams. Miami's not on that list. Dallas is not on that list. Um, who else? Detroit is not on that list. Of course, we know Seattle's not on that list. No one in the AFC in the NFC South. Somebody's going to have to win that division, but nobody is not even close to that. Um, Jacksonville is not on that list. There's going to be some people that try to put Jacksonville. They're not quite there yet. They don't. They don't have enough personnel yet. Not quite there. A year away. They're not there. They're not there yet. They're close. A lot close. They're they they are they are close, but I can't. I can't envision Jacksonville going to the Super Bowl. I just can't. I could be listen. I could be dead wrong. I've been wrong before. I'd be dead wrong, but I don't envision Jacksonville to be a legit Super Bowl contender. Sorry, Jacksonville. I just don't. And of course, I told you about the Cowboys. Cowboys, you know, they're the Cowboys. They're not. Yeah, but this is the list, and you know, Mahomes, Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Burrow. Those are probably. Four of the five of your five, top five MVP candidates, I would put Hurts and Jackson 
are one and two. Burrow is coming fast. Mahomes probably is uh would be third. I mean, matter of fact, I'm, what are, let me look up the MVP odds right now. Now, now I'm actually curious on what are the MVP um, odds. Purdy is the only guy that's <laughs> like that would uh, wouldn't belong. Of course, doesn't belong on that list. But the only, the only guy that uh, you have any you have question marks about in regards to quarterbacks with the top teams MVP. Uh, so right now, VegasInsider.com. Mahomes is a favorite right now. At uh plus two seventy five, hurts. So it's Mahomes, hurts Lamar Jackson, Tua. Just based off sheer numbers, is is fourth. Burrow is fifth. Look at Burrow again. Burrow's coming fast. Those are your top five. Mahomes, hurts Jackson, Tua, Tua, and Burrow are your top five. Um. Yeah, yeah. It was updated November second. Yeah. Those are your top five right now as far as MVP. I, my again, myself, I would put um yeah and yeah, yeah Mahomes, Hurts, Tua, Burrow, or your top four. Then this this one yeah that, yeah Mahomes, Hurts, Lamar Jackson, and Tua, and Burrow. Uh, but again, Burrow's coming fast. Burrow's coming fast. Um, myself, I would say. I would give us lean towards Hurts right now. Like I think I don't think I, Mahomes has been good. I'm not gonna not I mean, Mahomes has been good. I think Burrow. I, I would lean towards. I probably would lean towards. Uh, I would lean towards Hurts. It's close though. It's still it would go down to it was still wide open. Uh, Mahomes has started. His interceptions have picked up. He hasn't been good. In the last couple games, you know, Mahomes hasn't been good. In the last two games, um, it's going to come. I mean, it's going to come down to the last. It's definitely like the last couple games per se. Uh, but you know, if Philadelphia finishes something like they eight one now, Philadelphia, you know, Philadelphia finishes like I don't think Envision sixteen one. They finish like fifteen and two. You'd be hard pressed not to give the hurts if they finish with the best record. Or have just this sixteen and two, but again, it's, I, 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 it's not one guy has separated themselves from that standpoint. But but getting back to the contender standpoint, like those guys are are like four of the top quarterbacks in the league in terms of uh, the, uh, in terms of uh, who are contenders. So if they, like you know, you'll hear all this wide open ish, wide open shit about oh, it's wide open. It's really not that one. If the NFL is, is wild from week to week because of the lack of quarterbacks they are, and because of like I said, the difference between a have and have nots. But when it comes to when in terms of winning a championship, there are really only a couple. There are only four or five teams that can win a, that can win a championship. It's not as it's not as open as people would make it out to be. To be honest with you, and if you don't have one of these guys, chances are outside of San Francisco, you probably don't have you don't have a legit chance. You probably don't have a legit chance to win. Uh, a title now again. I'm, I'm sure teams are not going to be crazy about playing Miami in the playoffs because of the, how explosive that offense can be. But again, we've seen Miami against uh, against top tier competition and how that turns out. Stock up, stock down, stock up. Um, the AFC North. Uh, again, we talked about this division a little bit earlier. <laughs> Excuse me, a little bit earlier in the season. And I was just wondering if, you know, 
going to keep up this pace and is done is not only kept up this pace is even increased the pace. You have all four teams that are not only over five hundred, but over but two games over five hundred, which you no, know, that just doesn't happen in, in the NFL, especially with all the parity uh, that we have in the league. But that 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 AFC North is just absolutely loaded. Um, those you know, Cleveland's defense, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. Pittsburgh, you know, having playing with it's playing with pride and playing hard. Uh, it's just a uh, there's gonna be a fun division to watch down the stretch. Um, and you know that that Pittsburgh Baltimore that Pittsburgh win over Baltimore looks even much looks even better now the way Baltimore has played um, over the past few few weeks. Uh, at the time, you kind of just said that you know rivalry game, anything can happen. But uh, yeah, you gotta give Pittsburgh a lot of credit <laughs> winning that game. The way Baltimore, uh, considering how Baltimore has played and just considering how dominant Baltimore has been offensively, offensively over the past couple few weeks um, in their wins. But uh, that division is going to be it's going to be a mad it's going to be a mad scramble uh, for that second spot. Um, for those for that third spot, I think, like I said, I think Baltimore and Cincinnati will separate themselves with the and get and take two of those spots. I I do believe that one of those teams, Cleveland or Pittsburgh, will get into the playoffs. I, I do believe. I do believe, and you probably have to lean towards Cleveland because they have better overall personnel. But again, Pittsburgh coach and you know culture, you lean towards Pittsburgh. But yeah, that division is going to be fun to watch. Stock down. No, I'm not bashing on Zach Wilson. It is not about that. I I, I don't I I don't need any anal uh, any uh, analysis. I'm not gonna give a deep analysis on how terrible Zach Wilson is. Stock my stock. The reason I have Zach Wilson up here is just the discourse <laughs> of I'm down stock down on the discourse of Zach Wilson. If I hear another reporter, another analyst, or somebody say how bad this guy is, I'm I'm losing my mind. Like no shit. Like water, yeah, and water is wet. Um, we know Zach Wilson is one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. What do you want the Jets to do? Like realistically, has it, has anybody watched the NFL in quarterbacking this year? And how many terrible quarterbacks they are they there are playing, not on rosters, playing, starting. It's week nine of the season. You had seven rookies start in week nine. Seven. And all their names are not C.J. Stroud. We're talking, about, we're talking about guys who should not be on the field. I, I, like, the state of quarterbacking is bad. I, I, I think I, I believe I touched on this in the podcast last year. How concerned I was! I told me and Rob Sell talked about it. How concerned I was about the state of quarterback in the league, despite the fact of how many, how much young talent you had. We talked, you know, Herbert and Burrow and Lamar Jackson. There's a lot. There's a lot at the top, but that middle, that middle to lower class of quarterbacking is horrible in the NFL. I mean, it's dreadful, and that's without injuries. You get injuries, look out. Now again, there have been a number of injuries. You know, Rogers, Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, um, just to name a few. But even still, uh, you got guys who, who are playing quarterback. You look up and you say, "Huh? Well, he's starting. Uh, he's starting." Like 
guys who should be who should barely be in the league playing quarterback. So I don't again, I don't know what the, what the Jets what you want the Jets to do about Zach Wilson. Like that whole put anybody else in there, nah, that that it doesn't work that way. Just look at the league. All you have to do is look at the league to know that they're just not they're just no they're barely they're barely any, any quarterbacks. Once you get past about seven to eight, the pickings are slim. Like, like think about it. so you have what Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. You go, we go to we go to the top of the heap right here. You know, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, not in particular order. Jalen Hurts, Earl. That's four. Herbert, five. Who else? Who else? I'm missing here. And then you go to that, you know, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Dak Prescott, I guess. In that, in, in, you know, you want to say Brock Purdy? I can't. I'm saying the pickings are slim. Like where, where are the again? Where are you? Where are the quarterbacks? Where? Tell me. Where are they? At? No, I forgot. Tua. Tua. Tua is the upper echelon. Tua is in that top. He's in that. That uh. He's in one of those top tiers. Like two is a, is a, a legit top eight, nine quarterback. He might even top seven quarterback. To be honest with you. But they like that middle class of quarterbacks. Again, they're about ten to fifteen teams. And again, I you know I read an article. There could be twelve different starting quarterbacks next year. There could be twelve teams that 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 move off their starting quarterback. Twelve. That is over a third of the league. Thirty-two teams in the league. That's over a third of the quarterbacks could be could be uh uh could have a uh, teams that could have a different starting quarterback. And I'm I'm telling you right now, there are going to be some teams reaching in, in the draft this year. There are not that many prospects. No, like like I said, Caleb Williams, I I think is le- is legit. I'm not old Knicks. I'm sorry, I'm not on or the Drake May. Eh. I'm not as high on those guys as a lot of people are. You know, Spencer Rattler, like, okay. The, the pickers are not the pickers are slim in college this year. They're not that like they it's okay. There are gonna be so many teams reaching for quarterbacks. You'll probably have three or four quarterbacks going in the first round when it probably only should be one, maybe two. But there are gonna be some teams reaching, really reaching for that court after the, 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 in terms of drafting a quarterback and make and, and just f up their franchises. So I again I don't listen. I Zach Wilson's horrible. We, again, we don't need again, I don't need countless hours of analysis telling me how bad Zach Zach Wilson is. He's been he was bad last year. I don't know what people expected this year when, you know, when Rogers got hurt. Like, yeah, he sucks. We get it. <laughs> he can't play. Like when you lose, when you lose a future Hall of Fame quarterback, there's no real, real replacement for him. And again, like when you're paying a guy, what you're paying those type types of guys, it's it's hard to almost impossible to have a decent backup. Decent, decent, good backups are making good, are making pretty good, are making good money. You can't afford two good quarterbacks as far as from a money standpoint. That's just not going to happen. If you have a if you have a franchise type of quarterback. Your backup quarterback is going to be, you know, near at the bottom of the barrel as far in terms of salary. You're not like you're, at that point. You're looking for a guy that's a, a a system fit, somebody that you trust. And that's where player. That is where player 
and coaching comes in in terms of the, the in terms of development. We saw last year um, that saved Kansas City's ass against Jacksonville uh, with their backup quarterback. Like, uh, like they that guy um, knew the system, did enough, and helped them win a playoff game. And certainly was not. I don't think he was one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league or backup quarterbacks in the league. Because you have Patrick Mahomes, so like so. Again, I I don't get I don't know what you want what you want the Jets to do with, with in terms of Zach Wilson. I just don't. I, I I can't believe I'm defending Zach Wilson. But I'm not even defending his play. I'm just the, the whole idea of like seeming like you could just pick up a, any a quarterback off the street and then uh, and that's going to save your team. This is not going to happen. Real thoughts. Uh, a couple of things basketball related. Um, first, of course, you had the death. Of uh, one Bobby Knight at the age of eighty three, uh, we know Bob Knight, of course, as one of the great coaches in the history of college basketball. He retired as the winningest coach, uh, way back uh, about well over a decade ago. It's been even longer than that from Texas Tech. Uh, he's been, of course, surpassed by a few, co- a couple of coaches since then, uh, like Sir Roy Williams, Shashevsky, uh, um, Jim Beheim. Look, listen, I hear things about Bob Knight in regards to his legacy and says, well, you know, he was a he has a complicated legacy. No, it's not. It's not complicated. And I'll tell you why it's not complicated. Um Bob Knight as a head coach, right, his track record as a head coach, his winning three championships, gold medal, Olympics, it, it goes, it's is one of the great Resumes of all time that we can never question Bob Knight as a basketball coach, as far as under, understanding the game of basketball, as far as you know, graduating his players and, and what have you. Bob Knight and I don't like to speak ill of the dead, ill of the dead, but the guy was was an ass. <laughs> like let's be honest, he was an asshole. Okay, and I, again, I don't like to speak ill of the dead, uh, but you're talking about a guy who choked a player who headbutted a player who uh once punched a, a cop in Puerto Rico, a soldier, a cop. Okay. Um yeah. Like this this guy was not a good guy per se. Uh this guy he brought a whip he brought a bull whip to a press conference. Brought a bull whip to a press conference. Think about that. Hey, it's it's on YouTube. Trust me, you don't believe me. It's on. It's actually on YouTube. Um, he is, and I, like I said, I would not, I wouldn't want my. I, if I had a son, I don't have kids. But if I did have a son, I wouldn't want him to play. I would not want them to play for Bob Knight. Sorry, there are too many, just too many character flaws. Uh, from Bob Knight with Bob Knight, and there was the media really. And again, maybe just because there's a lack of social media and we don't have as much access now uh, as we did back then, different time. But I, I don't think the media did the greatest job of holding him accountable uh, to the level they, that they should have. Uh, I think Bob Light Knight falls along alongside of a group of coaches, most of them in particular, most of them white, that won a lot of games, but that were not just great people. And we kind of 
their wins kind of washed over their sins as far as with them as in terms of their character. I would include him in the category with Woody Hayes. Uh, you know, you do your research even on a guy like Adolph Rupp. You know, those guys, Boshin Becker, Beckler. You know, they these are guys that, that just didn't have the greatest reputations as people. Now, like I said, Bob Knight and Woody Hayes and they all rub, you know. Yeah, they won a ton of games, but you do do some dig dig deep in terms of in terms of in terms of from a just a morale and character standpoint. Bob Knight treated treated the media like shit. Anytime you questioned him or had a or had a you know a journalistic type question, he would just he like he would, he would immediately turn into a bully. And just go go look at the interview. He did an interview with Jeremy Shap. This is when Jeremy Shap was young. I mean, maybe Jeremy Shap was in his mid twenties, early thirties, mid twenties. He was you know really making his way in the, in the landscape. Was trying you know trying to get out uh, from under the shadow of, of the legendary Dick Shap, who's a legendary. A legendary media personality, a legendary uh, just sports personality in general. Dick Shap, you know, sports supporters, the whole nine. So Jeremy Shap is out there, you know, just at this, you know, trying to get from under that. And he did a great interview with with Bob Knight. He, I mean, when I mean he came at Bob Knight, it was respectful, but yet he didn't back. He did. He did not back off. And you know how he got Bob Knight when Bob Knight said, "You're not your father." That was that. That was checkmate. Chat. That means your question, my question, these questions are so good, you don't want to answer them. All you can say is, you're not your father. It's like getting in an argument with somebody and they say, you're ugly. They don't have no, they have no retort. Or they, they did, like, he, it was, a, again, I go, it's, I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere, but that's how you treat the media. Like, no, you couldn't, you couldn't say anything about him. You couldn't question him. Um, I get the sense that he had, but that he had a bunch of yes people around him that would just kiss his ass. I, I kind of get that sense that he that I don't know. Again, I question how many friends that this dude really have. To be honest with you, and again, I know I'm speaking ill of the dead, but if you tell a complete story of Bob Knight, you just have to, you have to say you have to tell everything. He was one of the greatest coaches of all time. Okay, he is one. It's not even a question that man could, but he had talent. And he can go. He can go to. He could went toe to toe with any coach in the history of basketball. I watched him. He, Al, he's a better coach than Dean Smith, and I'm a North Carolina guy. It pains me to say that, but he was a better coach than Dean Smith. He beat Dean Smith twice in big games, '81 championship and the '84 uh, regional semifinal. That Carolina team in '84 was loaded. Probably Dean Smith's from a talent standpoint, Dean Smith's best team, and an okay. They lost to an okay Indiana team that didn't even reach the Final Four. Okay, so the the dude could coach his ass off. He can he could coach like he was a genius coach. He was, but he was one of those guys that just was specific to a certain era. Bob Knight could not. Um, and this Wachowski is the is the goat for coaches in college basketball besides all the records. But Wachowski was able to evolve with the times, with the kids, with everything that was going on. Bob Knight could do that. He got to a certain point where Bob Knight, um, as the kids were, he wasn't going to go after certain recruits. Like, hey, I'm Indiana, you come to me. And it's like, nah, Bob, you actually have to do, it, it's not like that anymore. That day is done. They don't, the kids don't care about tradition and what, have, they don't, they don't, they're not 
coming there for you as much as they're coming there to ask to make the NBA. And he couldn't make that transition, which is fine. He had done all he needed to do. Like he had accomplished everything and then some by the time that, you know, when that time period came up, you know, he, you know, he had done everything from a basketball standpoint. But again, I, I think the lesson to be learned here is you have to, you have to tell the complete story. Uh, when you, when you, you know, when you're talking about someone's life, it, uh, now I'm thinking about, you know, and, and Kobe Bryant wasn't like, Kobe Bryant as a human being was, did not, was not Bob Knight. Like, like people actually liked Kobe Bryant. Players revered him and things of that nature. But Eagle Colorado is a part of Kobe Bryant's resume. It's part of, it, it is. It just is like that. There's no, now he got cleared of charges. He was clear, he was clear of charges, but that was a dark time in Kobe's life. And he was vulnerable about it, and talked about it in, 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 a, in a Showtime uh, documentary that came out, you know, about, it came out in, I think, 2015 or so. Um, but it's a part of it, like, you you know, you, you had to tell the complete picture uh, of someone's legacy. That's I think that's the lesson to me. Like, you can't just leave out this part or leave out that part. Or not, like, you know, you had, you had to tell the totality totality of someone um, when they leave this earth. It's just not because you're just not doing you're not doing you're not doing the story justice. Uh, the story of the person's life justice if you just leave out one part and don't include this part, don't include that part. So, you know, Bobby, again, I think with Bobby Knight, I like I got a call the way I see it. Like this guy did a lot of bad things. Um, did a lot of bad things, not so much but like in, in, in borderline on criminal, like choking a player. That's assault. <laughs> like, like if you and I go, we go choke somebody out in the street, they, you know, that could I can go left. That probably will go left quickly, but we could possibly go to jail for that or get some. Uh, it'd be a severe consequence that they chose chose to press charges. So we can't pretend like again. All those wins are great, but they don't wash away uh, some of the negative aspects and some of the things that he did. They just don't. Um, Victor Wembanyama. Uh, so NBA season is about a week old. And if you haven't got a chance to see Victor Wembanyama, you you have to go watch. If you're a basketball fan, you because you just appreciate just this 19 year old wonder kid, uh, just who's a freak of nature, is going to actually change the game. And I'm telling you right now, you better get the San, you better get the San Antonio Spurs now. You better get them now. It will not take long for them whatsoever to become championship contenders. It just won't. He is uh his this numbers don't even tell the story on him on on type of season he's had so far. Uh nineteen points, about eight rebounds, a couple of blocks. He just has a just his ability to impact winning basketball games. Now since now excuse me, San Antonio has lost two straight at three and four now, but that roster is horrible. Uh, it's just a horrible roster. Uh and but again, they will they'll fix that roster and Again, you better get him right now. Here's what Kevin Durant said about uh, Wembenyama. Uh, they played. They played twice, and they <laughs> San Antonio beat him one, beat him both times. First time he had this basically like a twenty point comeback, and he was because he was great in both games, especially the 
that last Friday, we had like 38. Uh, Thursday or Friday, it was, I think it was Friday. Uh, I think it was, no, it was Thursday. He had like 38, uh, which is you know, his season career high. Uh, here's what Durant said about him. He's his own player, person. Uh, he would be much different than anybody who's ever played. Um, that was part of it. The other part was he's different. Uh, he's long, athletic. He's mobile. He can shoot it. He's got skills. He's tough. Uh, yeah, it was Thursday. He put up 38 and 10. When, when the Spurs took out the Suns uh, last Thursday, when he raised up and shot the ball, it's like there's no one, there's no way. This is Kevin Durant, who has probably like a 7'3 wingspan in his own mind, in his own right, and is over is seven feet tall. There's no way I'm going to be close to this, so I just have to play hard and contest because you're not going, you're going to foul him or he's going to make the shot. He misses, it's on him. This is Kevin Durant, okay, talking about a guy who's only played seven games in his career. This is a Kevin Durant who is, in his own right, one of the greatest players of all time. Somewhere in that 12 to 15 range. Two-time champion, gold medalist, has accomplished MVP, has accomplished everything, scoring titles, has accomplished everything you can, can name. That He's done it all, Kevin Durant. Uh, you know, you know, you can criticize him for you know some of the moves and things of that nature, bounce going from franchise to franchise. But Kevin Durant, without question, is an all-time great. So for somebody of Kevin Durant's ilk to say the things that he said about a rookie, just just lets you know all you need to know. Now again, we live in an era where a lot of these guys know each other, share agents, branding companies, things of that nature. It, it is a friendly era from that standpoint. Party together, so on and so on. But whatever, that's that's the area it is era it, it that that we're in. With that being said, that is for Kevin Durant to say that about a rookie. Just tells you all you need to know about this dude. It just tells you, really tells you all you need to know. That is not regular praise. That is like this guy is going to be a problem, a problem, problem a type phrase. And I'm telling you right now, he would be the best player in the league by his third year. I guarantee, if he stays healthy, I guarantee you'd be the third best. He would be the best player in the league by his third year, by year three. And is not out of the possibility by that next year, following next season, he'll be the best player in the league, following the 2024-2025 season. Like, is that's not, that's on the table. That's absolutely on the table. I would say year three, following year three, but year two is on the table. Because he, like I said, he does stuff that impacts winning. That's stuff that impacts winning. And again, they're going to get, they, like I said, if you're going to get San Antonio, you better get them this year. You better get them now. That team will not look like, it won't remotely resemble this time next year. We'll be talking about them as playoff contenders, possibly fringe championship contenders. That's I think this thing is going to happen fast with them. I really do. I think it's going to be similar to Tim Duncan from that standpoint. One last thing, um, excellent, great game last night with the Celtics and, and Timberwolves. Timberwolves, again, giving another undefeated team, a previously undefeated team, their first loss. They did it to Denver last week. They get the Celtics this week. I mean, get, I mean, get the Celtics last night. Uh, great showdown with uh, between Anthony Edwards and Jason Tatum. Uh, Edwards getting the best of them. Listen, Edwards is – Edwards will be a top-ten player by the time this season ends. He's going to be on an all-NBA team. And they've got to 
They've got it. They got to get Carl Anthony Towns out of there. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns last night he was like eight points and six fouls. Um, in order for Edwards to to fulfill his full potential, I don't think Carl Anthony Towns could be on the team. In order, for, if you want to win at a high level, I don't think you can have Towns on that team. Edwards is special. Uh, again, he went at Jason Tatum. He he. This guy has. When I mean zero, when you talk about zero fear, he is the epitome of that. Um, again, twenty, twenty two, just turned twenty two, and I, I think this guy could. I, I'm really, really thinking this guy possibly could could be an MVP in this league. I'm, I, I'm starting to believe that that he has that type of ability, not just to be All NBA or a perennial All Star, but he could that that he has the ability to eventually he could be a, a, a MVP caliber player in this league. That's how like. That his his ceiling, his upside, just the mentality that he has, the how hard he competes. Um, he's gonna have a big year. I mean, he's through six games, averaging like twenty eight on fifty fifty two percent from the field. Uh, and it's his team. There's no like it, it's it's his team in Minnesota. Again, I gotta get Carl Anthony Towns out of there. Just got like that's just a be to be a the addition by subtraction. That's gonna wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Bill Podcast. I will see you next time. Have a great, great rest of your evening. So long. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.